Welcome to the Montana Real Estate Podcast, where we will pull back the curtain and answer all of your Montana real estate questions. Buying and selling real estate in Montana can be challenging, and local knowledge is the key. We will explore the different areas of the state and educate you on issues that play a role in Montana real estate transactions. This podcast is hosted by Will Friedner, who is a broker with Glacier Sotheby's International Realty in Whitefish, Montana. Now, here is Will with today's episode. Hello there, everybody. I'd like to welcome you to this week's episode of the Montana Real Estate Podcast. This is your host, Will Friedner, and this week we are going to discuss buying land in Montana and all the things you need to think about when you are purchasing land around here. The key to this whole process is research. There are many things you need to know and be aware of, and that brings me to the point that if you're going to use an agent, make sure you use one that's done this before and has experience in it because there's just so many things that come up when you're buying bare land that don't necessarily come up when you're buying a house and so many things you need to know and be aware of and to check into before you make the final purchase. So let's start out with the most obvious thing to check into are the actual property corners of the land. Now you may think, well, of course that's important, but you'd be surprised at how many people just look at stakes that they can see out in the distance and just figure that that's the corner. A lot of times (laughs) that isn't the corner, and for one reason or another, somebody may have knocked the stakes down, stakes are in the wrong place, you think you're buying one thing and you're not truly buying it. So I would strongly suggest hiring a surveyor to go out there and mark the actual corner pins. They will do the measurements, they'll find the rebar that is still there from when the land was platted out or the lot was platted out. I've heard a story, and I'll I'll tell you this story real quick, that some people were buying some land just quite a few years ago, and they were with an agent, and they were meeting with the owner of the property, and it was a big piece of property. It was like 60 acres, and they're walking through the woods, and the owner's kind of pointing out, yep, this is all part of my land, and just pointing at different areas, there were no stakes. And the agent kept telling her clients, hey, you you need to get a survey. You really should get a survey. And they're like, no, no, no. We trust this guy. He's owned it forever. He obviously knows where the corners are. And so luckily for her, the agent, she made them sign off in writing that, you know, that they weren't going to have a survey, even though she strongly recommended it. And, you know, so they signed this piece of paper. Anyway, as you can imagine, they, they went ahead and bought the land. And the next summer they went out, or the next spring they went out and they started building a house and they they were pouring the foundation. And the neighbor shows up and says, what are you guys doing? And as you can imagine, the house was halfway over the actual property line. So the lawyers are lining up for miles in that situation. And and it's all because they didn't want to take the time or spend the extra money to actually get the corners marked. Don't make that mistake. It sounds like an obvious thing, but I've seen many, many cases where property corners aren't really where people thought they were. So always check the corners. Second thing you need to think about is if it is if the land is in a subdivision, check the HOAs and check all the covenants that the HOA has and the all their rules and regulations. You need to find out what they're going to allow you to do. If there's different houses or types of houses or siding or landscaping or whatever they may require, just make sure you know exactly what you're going to be allowed to do with this land because there may be restrictions on it that you don't agree with. So it's better to find that out 
before you buy it than after you get going and realize you can't really do what you want. The other thing that kind of falls into the HOA is if the land's out in the country and it's on a private road, you need to check into the plowing situation and how the road gets plowed. Does the county do it? Do the group of people that live along the road all chip in? Is there any sort of agreement on maintenance of the road? Again, these are all things you need to find out and make sure there's something in writing before you end up buying the property. Covenants are another thing we kind of talked about that with HOAs. Just make sure, you know, when you start the process of purchasing or even before, you can call the title company and pull all the records on this particular piece of land. And if there are covenants or anything recorded is going to show up and you want to read all that stuff over and and just, again, make sure that this is going to allow you to do what you want to do. Another thing that comes up a lot of times on bare land is mineral rights. In this part of the, in the northwestern part of the state where I'm located, there are tons of properties that have mineral rights recorded, but it, they're from the early 1900s and these companies aren't even around anymore, so it's really nothing to worry about. But there are some legitimate rights that possibly in the future they could set up on your property and start drilling or whatever the rights say. But this is just another thing you need to check into and make sure that you're okay with whatever's there as far as mineral rights goes. Another thing at this part of the year is obviously we have snow on the ground. So if it's a bigger piece of property and maybe there was some dumping going on in a certain part of the property and you need to walk every every inch of that property and make sure that you're not going to get a nasty surprise in the spring and a, or a big mess that you have to clean up. Obviously, the owner should disclose that if there's something there, but sometimes people conveniently forget to disclose things like that, and you don't want to get into a situation where you're having to hire a company to come help you clean your property as soon as the snow melts in the spring. Another thing you want to check into if you're out in the country is where the utilities are located as opposed to where you want to build your house. I've seen some people get all excited about a piece of property, and they love it, but when they found out where they're going to have to pull power from and how much that's going to cost, it kind of turns them off and makes the property not as valuable as it may have been if they weren't going to have to spend 30 grand to pull power into where they want to build the house. So that's another thing you really need to keep a close eye on if you're buying a piece of property out in the country. Obviously, if it's in a subdivision, the utilities are right along the street, usually in front of the house. So that's not an issue, but something to think about if outside of town somewhere. The other thing, if you're outside of town, is if you're going to drill a well, you need to, you need to check the well depths in the area and make sure that it's not going to cost you triple the amount to drill a well. You can get on, there's county websites uh, that you can get on that'll show the well depths in the area, or you can call the county and, and there's a department that can help you out with that in your particular county, and you can find out approximately what you're going to have to spend on a well. Other thing along those lines is septic systems and septic permits. If you're in a lower area, kind of a swampy area, obviously that could be an issue. Again, check with your county and hopefully there's already been a, a septic review done on that piece of property and, and a permit given so you can see right where you're going to be allowed to put in a septic system. The last thing you want to know about 
is any easements that may go across your property and how that's going to affect you and how that's going to affect what you may or may not want to do with the property in the future. So as you can see, there are tons of things that you need to think about. And that's why I've harped on this for ever since I started this podcast. You need to find an agent that has experience doing this and has experience with all these different issues because you could end up getting yourself into trouble or losing a bunch of money if you don't do your research. If you have any questions about any of these items that I mentioned, feel free to contact me. Our information is located at the end of the show here or in the show notes. And with that, I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in, and we will be back next week with another episode. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That concludes another episode of the Montana Real Estate Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and will join us again next week for another episode. If you have any questions or if you'd like to know more about this episode, please feel free to contact us at Montana Real Estate Podcast at gmail.com or visit our website at MontanaLifeRealty.com. If you would like to call us, our number is 406-249-1735. Thank you for listening and we will see you next week. Thank you.